This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 12. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today we have Andy McElwain joining us. Andy tackles content and community projects GoDaddy. He's a fan of the arts, impromptu road trips, user-friendly technology, and helping Canadian small businesses work with the web. Howdy. Hi, Andy. How are you? <laughs> doing all right. How are you guys doing? Good. So glad that you're with us. Well, happy to be here. Glad to have our first Canadian on the show. <laughs> tell, tell us about yourself, Andy. Tell us a little bit more than what Liam just introduced you. Sure thing. So uh, my name is Andy Mathloyne. You mentioned that. But uh, I, uh, Toronto, Canada, um, born and raised central Ontario uh, up here. Um, been working with WordPress for about 10 years now. Um, longtime advocate. Um, my full-time gig at GoDaddy, I look after... Uh, content and um, community uh, projects over there, doing a lot of work with our GoDaddy Pro program, uh, so helping web designers, developers uh, who are managing their clients who are using GoDaddy products. So at the end of the day, pretty much everything I do goes back to helping small businesses. Uh, Just a big um, point of passion for me. That is awesome. We love love small businesses. Tara and I both run our own, so... That's great to hear that you're so supportive of of that particular community. So you say you've been a, a longtime user and a big advocate of WordPress. Um, tell us a little bit how you got into WordPress. When where did it all start for you? Sure. So um, for me, it was the early days. Uh, was building fan sites. I was a kid building fan sites, video games, hobby stuff. Like that was a big interest for me. It was never really the coding. It was just about getting sites built out, getting the content pulled together, and putting something online. Uh, it was great because it had a very low barrier to entry compared to some other stuff. You didn't need a lot of money to go and build a website. You just kind of needed to know what steps to take. There were a lot of free services online, AngelFire, Tripod, GeoCities, all those. Uh, started getting into content management systems as a hobby. Um, God, I was probably like 15, um, playing with different tools like Gray Matter uh, and um, Text Pattern. And then eventually, uh, when I was in college, I had an instructor who weaned me off text pattern and said, go and use WordPress. Why are you using text pattern? Nobody uses text pattern anymore. Uh, and that got, got me into WordPress around 2007. And I've been swearing by it ever since. Everywhere I go, everywhere I work, uh, I start spreading the good word of WordPress. I'm just going to pause for just a second and, and hooray your shout out for text pattern because that's, that's where I got into making my own database what driven websites and, and not relying on a developer. I'm very much a designer. So yeah, woo, good old fashioned text pattern. <laughs> you um, know, some, it, it, it's a great system uh, and it's still, it's still around, right? So if, if anyone's listening that's curious about it, go Google text pattern, check it out. It's worth seeing um, the way they approach things because it's a little bit different from WordPress. So, so you said that you had an instructor who uh, won you over the dark side of WordPress, as it were, and I say that jokingly. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was, what was the convincing argument? What did, what did your professor say? And is that what convinced you? Or was it something else that you saw and found within WordPress that was the, the convincing argument, oh, if I can phrase it that way? Uh, if I can 
recall correctly, I think it was when he introduced me to how themes were built in WordPress um, and the overall template hierarchy and, and how all that came together. Uh, that's what won me over because I was interested in building custom sites and doing custom designs. And uh, my comfort level was basically HTML and CSS and a, a smattering of JavaScript or jQuery, um, just that little tiny bit that everybody knew back then. Um, and then getting into WordPress, uh, what really won me over and kept me there was starting to see the ecosystem that existed around WordPress. So you start looking at the plugin ecosystem. You look at this functionality, you can build it very quickly. We're not going and trying to scaffold together something with custom code uh, and the theme library. So if you wanted to um, build out a prototype site very quickly, you could do that. And you didn't have to uh, uh, spend as much time on it as you would if you were using text pattern or some of these other content management systems. It was very quick. And that was a big deal for me at the time. What were you studying? Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what were you studying? specifically i uh advertising <laughs> i graduated <laughs> I, was, I was studying advertising i wanted to get into the ad industry but i graduated into the recession so wordpress wordpress really did save my life and save my career in a sense because it was my knowledge of using wordpress and building websites that got me into working in tech uh, if i hadn't done that as a hobby uh well, let's put it this way a lot of my peers that graduated around the same time as me Pretty much nobody's working in the ad industry. <laughs> Nobody was hiring. I also started in advertising, and so um, I can relate to that. It's not 2007, 2008, right around there. wasn't uh, 2008 especially. That was just that was a bad time. Yeah, well, it's, they're related though. I mean, you're you're communicating. It's they're not it's advertising and website building is, is they're not that far unrelated. It's funny now um, when we look at, uh, you look at content marketing and you look at where things are going in terms of uh, marketing strategy, so much of it is this hybrid of the, the tech and then the ad, um, the traditional advertising where you're, you're talking about marketing communications, you're talking about telling stories. Uh, and now we're just hitting that point where it's merging together, where it's storytelling with technology. How do we take VR or AR or um, uh, like mobile first um, experiences and tell a story with that to build a brand and help move product or sell services. Yeah. Storytelling is a, uh, I think it's always been an important part of marketing and advertising and that phrase storytelling has grown uh, an increasing prominence in recent years in recent years. And, and maybe we'll ask you to, to, to using that phrase to tell us the story or perhaps more accurately, the definition of success. What does success mean for you? Uh, uh, personal success, professional sex, however you want to success, however you want to define that. Um, I always go with this old line. I've gone with it since high school. Do what you love and get paid for it. Success means uh, looking forward to going to work every day, looking forward to getting up every morning, uh, really entwining um, what you do professionally with your interests personally so that it, it, it complements each other. and. Uh, with uh, what I'm doing now at GoDaddy, I feel like I've finally hit that point. I, like I was, all the other jobs and all the other, other things I've done over the years were kind of there, but this is the first time where it, it finally feels like it really hit on. Yeah, that 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 story of just getting to where you 
want to be at that point where you're at success, where you're doing exactly what you want to do and getting paid for it. Uh, it's really interesting. I was just having a conversation last week with a friend around how we read success books and success planning. I'm really struggling with words today. Uh, that say that, you know, A to B, fastest point, get there, get there, get there. But it's very rare in real life that A to B is the path that we can take, right? Because we have to build skills and pay bills and take care of this concern and that concern. And it's often A, B, C, D, E, E, F, G, H, I, and then eventually we get to where we want to be. Yeah. That's really interesting. So now that you're, now that you're doing what you love and getting paid for it, and in a sense, you've achieved success and now you're working to maintain that. What's the single most important thing you ever, you do every day to build on or maintain that success? Uh, momentum, um, building on momentum um, and at a tactical level, uh, just rocking the calendar, making sure that everything you set out to do, there's time set aside for it. If it doesn't exist on the calendar, you're, it doesn't happen. And uh, it may sound a little bit OCD, but really looking at um, day to day, week to week, um, a whole year at a glance of uh, how am I using my time? Uh, what am I doing first thing in the morning? What am I doing before I go to bed? Blocking all of that out just to make sure that uh, you just keep chugging along. So I, I feel like I've hit a point of success, but at the same time, um, the the milestones we want to hit keep changing. Like I've hit this point. Now, what am I going to do next? What's the next big thing I want to work on uh, that continues that train of success? So uh, the calendar is the biggest thing. So I am a uh, self-professed tool junkie and especially productivity tools. So do you have any, sounds like you're really on top of managing your schedule and blocking it off. Are there any tools that you use for that besides a regular calendar? Um, I am a huge fan of Todoist. Um, I, I love too. their Chrome extension. I use yes. Todoist across every device. Uh, it's it's my favorite thing by far. Uh, in terms of other productivity tools, you know, I, I bounce between Outlook and Google Calendar on a regular basis um, for work. Uh, it's a Microsoft ecosystem. I'm in Outlook every day, but personally, I use um, uh, Google and Gmail for a lot of my stuff, and I have for years. Um, the one thing I feel like it doesn't really exist yet is the, uh, uh, the perfect merge between the two. Like if I have multiple yes, calendars please. across multiple yes, places, <laughs> I'm, I'm like sharing events with multiple email addresses. They're all me. I feel like I shouldn't have to do that, but I, I really haven't found a better solution. Um, and, uh, in terms of project management, uh, huge fan of Trello. If I'm working with multiple people and I'm working on a bigger project, Trello is my go-to. So that's that's really great that you that you mentioned Trello because I have struggled with personal to-do list tools. Not that I haven't found good ones. I, I have some good ones. It's more I don't want to maintain different systems. So we use Trello at uh, at my company, and so I stopped using a personal to-do list because I I just don't want two or three different systems. Can you talk a little bit how you engage Todoist versus Trello and how to, how to work tasks sure. come together so, for you? So for me, um, Todoist is it's a different philosophy. So for me, Trello is all about um, there are different tasks and we need to work the tasks like a Kanban board, right? And you have different tasks and you're working through, through a process uh, of different stages. And it's really good for collaboration 
if it's just me working on my own thing, if it's a fairly simple, I just need to get this done, that's what ends up in Todoist. So I, for example, I have a, a reading list um, in my Todoist uh, account, and I'll use this lovely little feature in the Chrome extension that says uh, add website as task. So if there's a art- bunch of articles that I'm curating from the bunch of newsletters that I receive <clears throat> every morning, uh, I'm just going to open up the article I want to read, don't have time to read it, <clears throat> add website as task. And uh, that saves me a whole lot of time because when I, I set out that block of time to do reading, I just go through my Todoist, check off those tasks, uh, and then I see that lovely little point system go up. I see the karma go up in Todoist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's really for that is for knocking things out uh, that are like standalone items. Um, Trello comes in if I'm taking on a bigger project and I need to be tracking multiple tasks uh, that go through multiple stages. So do you set aside time to read those? Because I use Pocket and I also use that um, Todoist feature as well. But what happens is I have probably 30 articles (laughs) on my Todoist to read list and I never go do it. So do you block off time just to do that? I do. And I currently have 73 items in read this. On okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, my, my, my biggest list is books to read. I have 138 yeah. items in there. All right. <laughs> so, that makes me feel much better. Yeah, okay. so, I, <laughs> so I try to block out time. Um, and one of the hardest things I find when it comes to reading, especially when you're trying to do uh, like reading for, for work, like you're professional um, learning and development. Uh, it's, it, you know it's an important task, but when you have these emails in your inbox uh, of fires to put out, uh, quickly that reading time gets set aside, and then you try to fit it in here and there. I, I think the, the best reading time I have is when I'm stuck on an airplane. I'll go through Todoist. I'll uh, block up a bunch of stuff to go into Pocket for offline reading, get on the plane, and I'll just spend that two, three, four hours just plowing through Pocket articles. Uh, otherwise, it's 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 hard to find the time to read. You'll set it aside, but other things come up. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to ask one more question on this just because I'm really interested. So there's a big project that you're working on. You're in Trello. You've got team members, and you have a task. Uh, you said you do, you work around content and the like, and let's say you have to pull together a series of articles, and then you're going to write a recap, and then you need to share it via social media. Yep. So... In your mind, are you breaking those down and do any of those of your specific task items make it into Todoist or does it all just stay in Trello? And if on the fourth day of not doing it or whatever the case may be, how do you, how do you use your tools to encourage yourself to, to tackle? Uh, so Trello, if I'm working on a, on a, a project and I, and so like what you're saying, um, it's going through multiple phases and there's a curation and maybe an amplification, a sharing, outreach aspect to it. Uh, all of that's going to live in Trello. One of the things I've tried in the past and just never really works is if you have the same tasks going in two separate systems, because at some point it's going to fall apart. You have something moving along on one side. It's not catching up on the other side. You have to reconcile that. Uh, <laughs> and that's another task unto itself, just reconciling all the different um, task statuses. So that lives in Trello, uh, and where it hits me as a, an alert is that I'll set up a block of time in my calendar, an appointment rem- uh, reminder to, to notify me that I need to get this thing done. Uh, it may not be that that thing needs to go out at that time, but I need to work on it at that time, uh, and that'll point me back to like so in Outlook, for example, um, 
or in Google Calendar, just in the event description or appointment description, just have a link to the Trello card and say, this thing needs to get done or you need to work on this thing at this time. Excellent. Thank you. That's, that's, that's very, very helpful. Okay. So we've talked about what's the single most important thing to achieve success uh, with, within, your, within your day. What's your favorite thing to do? Oh, favorite thing to do. Uh, I really enjoy thinking uh, of things in terms of like systems and processes. So if we start looking at, uh, uh, let's say, we want to plan out a bunch of content, over a quarter or over a couple of quarters, thinking about how those different pieces could layer together or be repurposed in different ways. How is that going to work? What are the different steps involved? Uh, who's gonna work on what? Um, I find I really get into that like flow state if I'm looking at things like that, where I'm uh, looking at the big picture and then zooming right in on a very granular level. I love doing that sort of work. Um, the challenge is setting aside the time to actually get into that. So it's not like this 30 minute thing here and there. It's like, you have a day. That's my favorite. You have a day to work on something. You just focus on that one thing the entire day. Do you, do you work from home? Yeah, yes, I do. So I'm uh, one of a handful of Canadians working for, uh, for GoDaddy. Uh, so I work with the, uh, the GoDaddy corporate team. Um, so my home base is actually Sunnyvale, California, but I work remotely from uh, here in Toronto. And about how many hours do you, would you say that you work a day? Sounds like when you have a day <laughs> like that. Um, oh, it varies. Uh, sometimes I'll throw in like a 12-hour day. Some, day, uh, some days it'll be a, a standard like eight-hour, nine-hour day. Uh, it really depends on what needs to get done and, and how I'm feeling about the work <laughs> and, what, and what else is going on. Um, it's probably my favorite thing about working remotely is that there's a lot of flexibility. And as long as the work is getting done, everybody's happy. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about remote work is it's with the right environment, with the right, right level of trust and uh, right self-discipline. It's all about outputs and product and quality. And, you know, in theory, if we can do it all in a minute, have the rest of the day free that would be awesome really oh that'd be wonderful it doesn't happen but, <laughs> but but that level of trust and that level of flexibility is fantastic so if if we're going to chat about favorite things i feel like maybe we should talk a little bit about least favorite or things that you avoid like the plague oh uh things that avoid like the plague uh, pretty much any sort of uh, bureaucratic paperwork that needs to get dealt with, so whether that's um, uh, dealing with expenses, dealing with HR, dealing with legal, dealing with anything like that. If I have to open up uh, our, our internal knowledge base and start reading through documentation on how to do something that's fairly simple, or that should be fairly simple, probably going to be the least favorite part of my day. <laughs> Yeah, I struggle with that as well. I understand that. That's uh, that can be tough. Like, it's really difficult to put those kind of bureaucratic tasks that have to get done. They're important, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in, at some level, anyway, and to put them in a way and in a context that makes people, if not look forward to them, at least not try to try to drive around them at all costs. So I, I appreciate your answer very much. I'm right there with you. So let me let me let me talk back just a little bit. You've told us about how you got into WordPress. You told us what you're doing now and how that's really 
helped you achieve a level of success of loving what you do and getting paid for it. And, and a big part of that is your, your role and in your career with GoDaddy now. Talk us through a little bit, if you would, what you did before you got to the level of success you're at now. What were the steps between, say, getting out of college with that degree in advertising and realizing, okay, WordPress is going to have to come in handy? What, what happened between then and now? For sure. Um, okay, so uh, for me coming out of college, it was an interesting thing because uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was I really enjoyed what I was doing in college. I enjoyed the program. But then that time came when I'm about to graduate and I have absolutely no plan. I don't know where I'm going to work, what I'm going to be doing. It's just, hey, I, I'm done. I did well. Now what? So, so I ended up getting a job um, as an SEO specialist with a, a small uh, digital marketing company uh, back in Kingston, Ontario, so where I went to school. And uh, that was my first taste of actually working in a, like a corporate office environment. And man, that was just a, a huge learning experience. I've never dealt with working with a bunch of professionals before. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I think I know what my job is, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> and, and so from there, it was uh, a lot of fast moves to different um, companies. Like I was there for about a year, uh, jumped over to uh, another um, uh, tech company, moved from that tech company to a startup, moved from a startup to uh, uh, another uh, agency. And in each case, it was just building a little bit more of experience, a little bit more experience on top of what I already knew. So it was going from uh, learning about an SEO at the first job to the next job, learning about corporate IT and that ecosystem of dealing with clients and sales and marketing, and then going and dealing with the startup environment and learning about agile and and working with a team of engineers and and the the friction that sometimes exists between the engineering team and the marketing team, uh, and and so on and so on. Just built, 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 built. And then it was the connections that I made along the way and keeping those connections um, as I moved on that would lead to the new opportunities. Uh, so much of what I was able to get done just came through um, staying in touch with people and knowing people and being part of the local uh, tech and WordPress community. So that's an interesting an interesting uh, journey along the way and, and kind of getting to where you are now. As, as you look back on that journey, and and maybe even you know as that journey continued into your current role, what's been your biggest challenge to date, and have how have you either dealt with it or how are you dealing with it? How are you addressing it? Brock? My my <laughs> my biggest challenge is I say yes to absolutely everything, and I really shouldn't. Um, when people come to me with a problem or uh, an idea of something to do, I immediately jump to thinking about how can we do this, not whether or not it should be done, just like how do we do this. Mm. Uh, and one of the issues is that sometimes when people see that you're able to get something done, you're able to get something done quickly, uh, you become the go-to because they know you can do it. Uh, and so what I'm trying to solve for now is how do you set the boundaries after expectations have kind of already been set that you're able to do something. Now you're trying to put the brakes on it and say, actually, you know, that thing that we were doing over the last several months, we can't do that anymore. Well, why can't we do it? Well, it's, it's not that we can't do it. It's that like, we shouldn't do it. Well, why shouldn't we do it? Well, just because I need to do other things. <laughs> and that's a really hard conversation to have. Kind of like um, when I was doing client work, 
client would come to me and say, hey, can we do this? Yes, here's how we do it. Great, let's do it. And then I immediately kick myself because you know I was just saying that, yeah, we can do it and this is how we do it. I, I didn't think we would actually do it. <laughs> I, was <just> trying to, <laughs> I was just trying to think of a solution on the spot because I wanted to, to beat this thing um, and, and win. But uh, you know that doesn't work <laughs> in the long term. I can relate to that. Probably most of us can. Um, it sounds to me like you are a very organized person who likes to get things done. So, and and you're very committed to work, and you work a lot. Talk a little bit about how you manage that um, in terms of self care. If you have other things you do, or if work is all that you do, uh, how you manage your lifestyle. And I'm not going to use that that phrase that we hear all the time that has the word balance in it, but how do you hold all of that together? Um, lately it's been just getting out, um, hitting the road, road trips, uh, getting out of the city, uh, and just removing myself, physically removing myself from the space that means work. Um, and for me, it's this, it's my home office. Like when I'm in here, uh, I can't help it. Like I'm in work mode, even if I shouldn't be working, <laughs> I'm going to have a screen open. Something's going to be work related on there. Uh, just, it's a, it's a habit. Uh, so getting out of the city, um, one of the beautiful things about living here, uh, in, on, in Ontario is that we have lots of cottage country, a very short drive away. So getting out, going to the lake, um, exploring some of the smaller towns, just getting away. It really helps. Nature's nice. <laughs> do you unplug that whole time or, or do you bring your phone? I do bring my phone, um, but I am trying to force myself to turn on airplane mode. Uh, I just I was on vacation over the last few weeks, and uh, uh, it was my first real vacation in a long time. And I realized just how helpful airplane mode can be. <laughs> just turning that, I just turn it on, let it go, don't worry about it, um, and just making that the default. Just turn it off. If you absolutely need to check email, you absolutely need to do something. But it's after like a, a day or so, um, I just wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, it's that presence of mind, isn't it? I, I turned off uh, the little notifications on, on the iPhone, so I don't see those little red circles anymore. And, and just not having those red circles staring at me. Uh, like the red eye of Sauron every time <laughs> you will open me and see if anything you said was entertaining to anyone else. Um, so yeah, that's great advice. Airplane mode. I am absolutely going to try that out. And since we're talking about advice, let me uh, turn you to our next question, which is what is the single most valuable piece of advice that you've received and implemented in your life. And that advice can be personal, it can be professional, it can be both. So the single most valuable piece of advice that you've received and implemented. Um, there, there's two, two pieces. First one is uh, getting small wins. And this is uh, the, when I first moved to Toronto, my first job here, you know, being in the big city, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> was you need to get some small wins under your belt. In order to make any progress, you need to show that you're able to do what you say you can do. So um, breaking down the ambitious projects into smaller things uh, and building on top of that. So again, that momentum. The, the second thing was uh, more recent, um, learning how to delegate. And it's something I'm still 
trying to wrap my head around because I'm I feel so inclined to just do something myself. If if I know how to do it, I'm just going to do it because I feel like it's the fastest and best way to do something. But that doesn't scale. So learning how to delegate, learning how to um, get other people to help uh, and not take on all the responsibility on your own uh, has been very helpful um, as of late uh, in tackling everyday tasks and, and even stuff on, on a personal level. If there are things you can delegate to a system, I was using TripIt to, to plan our itinerary uh, on vacation. Uh, it's a huge, huge help. Yeah, I love that. The, 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 the small wins, I think, are very important and, and uh, sits really nicely I, I, with my own system of trying to convince people to not only get small wins, but document them because you will forget about mm. them. And then when you're looking for some win in your sales, like, I never do anything that gets done right. Well, actually, if you document them, even just in a, you know, in a Trello board or a Word document or whatever. Uh, and then the delegate piece, I think, is even more important because it's around trust, right? It's having people and systems around you that you trust and learning to trust that, those people and to trust the community that you've built up and surrounded yourself with is, is really, really important. And tools, delegating to tools too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, TripIt, um, I just briefly mentioned it, but it's something that I learned about through work, uh, but now I use it for personal travel and everything as well. You just forward emails on and it handles all of the uh, the outlining of the itinerary. So just finding systems like that or looking at tools like Zapier um, or if this, then that to just streamline things that you might do manually. Such a help, huge help. I like that a lot. Make everything work for you. A little bit of research, a little bit of trust goes a long way. Andy, thank you so very much for joining us today. It's been a it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, getting to know you, and learning a little bit about your story. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks, Andy. It's great talking to you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.